Welcome back to Season 2 of That So Second Millennium, the podcast where we explore how science and religion can coexist, because they can, and what they can produce together if we let them, because your third millennium will be a whole lot brighter if you do. Your hosts are Bill Schmidt and me, Paul Geesting. Welcome back to Episode 60 of That So Second Millennium. We're going to continue our interview with Steve Barr and focus on the upcoming 2019 Society of Catholic Scientists conference, again, just like last week. Uh, we had to record this on freeconferencecall.com, so it sounds like a telephone conversation. Because it is, in fact, a telephone conversation, uh, we will be seeing if we can get Zencaster to do uh, better than it has been. Um, uh, no, no promises, but uh, we will, of course, do what we can to get the audio quality up as, uh, as soon as we can, definitely before we start interviewing speakers for the conference itself. Okay, so the, I think we can transition to sort of full-on focus on the uh, on the actual content of the upcoming conference. So we're, we're again, the topic is going to be uh, what it means to be human. So that harks back to uh, you mentioned uh, the talk about language at the first conference. Right, and I almost wish we uh, had even considered having Bob Berwick come back to talk about that, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have, a, I think, a very uh, interesting lineup uh, of speakers. Um, it does, it does seem to be quite a variety, yeah. It is. And, you know, we have a, actually, an, uh, as opposed to our earlier conferences, we have a, num- uh, a higher percentage of non-scientists speaking. Um, mm-hmm. So shall I go through some of the, some of the speakers we have uh, lined up? Yeah, be, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, we can do it in well, chronological order or, or whatever order. Well, it's sort of the order of the talks. Uh, I'm not going to go through all this. There's, there's going to be uh, a dozen talks, but I, I'll, I'll sort of uh, hit the highlights, or not the highlights, mm-hmm. but um, the main talks and mention some of the, uh, some of the others. Uh, our, our kickoff lecture, our, our uh, keynote lecture, is by a, uh, a very well-known Catholic uh, philosopher, uh, Marie George of St. John's University. People had suggested that we have the first talk at the conference give some sort of uh, philosophical, theological context to the mm-hmm. whole conference. Um, mm-hmm. and so, so we had Phaser talk last year, and that, uh, that, that led well, off Phaser the conference. Well, Phaser gave it, he was our kickoff speaker, keynote speaker, and he gave a very good philosophical talk but probably uh, since there was a lot of physics in the conference and so on mm-hmm. probably we could have had a a, uh, a more of an introduction to the whole topic of the conference at the beginning which, yeah. so this is this time we learned from that and uh, and uh, so we Marie George is going to speak about uh, what does made in the image of God mean so yeah. you know many even many Catholics if you ask you know what is it that makes us uh, spiritual beings. You know, what does mm-hmm. that mean to say that we have a spiritual soul, unlike other creatures on Earth? Uh, what does it mean to say we're made in the image of God? So, there's uh, even many Catholics are a little shaky on that, and so she's yeah. going to uh, prevent, present the sort of the Catholic theological tradition about what makes us distinctive and what makes us in the image of God. And I, I've, uh, I know what she's going to say. She, uh, I've talked a lot with her about it, and, and it's going to be a very, very interesting talk. Um, so she's, uh, as I said, a philosopher, uh, a well-known Catholic philosopher. Our next talk um, is uh, one of our uh, invited speakers who's not Catholic is a fellow named Stephen Mithen. He's mm-hmm. uh, from the University of Reading in, in, in uh, the United Kingdom. And he is an expert on uh, prehistoric, uh, you know, human origins, prehistoric man. Uh, mm-hmm. And so his talk is called Becoming and Being Human, Evidence mm. f- 
from the archaeological fossil and genetic record. So it's going to be about Neanderthals and uh, Homo sapiens and, 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 and all of that kind of thing. Didn't, mm-hmm. A big question no one knows the answer to is, uh, did Neanderthals, did they have language? Mm-hmm. Were, they, uh, were they fully human? Uh, uh, yeah. Or were they extremely intelligent apes? Or, you know, um, and he has actually written books on, on Neanderthals and, uh, and uh, is, is, is a world expert on this kind of thing. So uh, it should be, uh, it should be a, a fascinating talk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all of us, it's turned out that all of us, at least uh, 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 most people anyway, have some Neanderthal uh, DNA in us. So there, has, there was some interactions between modern mm-hmm. humans and Neanderthals back, way back when. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. So it's a very interesting question of, um, you know, to put it in theological terms, did, were Adam and Eve, were the first truly human beings with spiritual souls, were they after the bra- branching, we, our common ancestor with Neanderthals, or, or were they before that or after that? Mm-hmm. Where um, would that, where would yeah, that so fall? That, that, and then another lecture right after that, we try to group the lectures by theme, um, is a professor um, uh, who does um, a lot of work in genetics uh, mm-hmm. and, and biomedical research, um, Who's going to name Benjamin uh, Rubicki, and he's mm-hmm. going. He's going to actually talk about sci- the science behind human ancestry mapping, which of course is a very popular topic nowadays. People tracing their ancestry. Interesting, but of yeah. course, yeah. It, it not only tells us about. It, and so, the, uh, and the subtitle of his talk is, "What can it tell us about our human nature?" So it not only tells us, you know, whether you should be wearing lederhosen or kilts, like in the commercial. It also tells you. Um, it tells you um, something about human origins. You know, it, it's, a, it's a tool for understanding how we're related to Neanderthals or to, you know, uh, this uh, various other um, uh, uh, early uh, proto-human or human mm-hmm. species. Um, so then we switch, uh, and we're having a talk on genetic engineering because a big fear um, is what about transhumanism? What about is it possible to engineer uh, beings, you know, that are sort of transhuman? Can we can we change human nature? Mm-hmm. Can we, do, by genetic engineering, turn human beings into things that are somehow not human? Or uh, oh. what about, you know? Uh, so that's that's a very worrisome aspect of, of biotechnology. So um, one powerful technique is called CRISPR, and so Nikanor Ostriaco, who's on our board and does work in, and is a research biologist and an expert mm-hmm. on this kind of thing, is going to talk about CRISPR and genetic engineering, the science and its implications. Uh, and there'll be another, uh, other talks in the conference as well on that, on that theme by uh, mm-hmm. other, uh, for example, there'll be talks on tissue engineering. Uh, there's a professor, Christopher Raub from Catholic University, who will talk about, his talk is called, Will Tissue Engineering Change Human Nature? So mm-hmm. that, 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 there's that whole uh, side of the issue. Um, mm-hmm. We're having a talk. One of our other invited uh, uh, non-Catholic speakers is Connor Cunningham, and he's a very well-known theologian. He's at the University of Nottingham mm-hmm. in uh, the United Kingdom. And uh, he wrote a book that's called Darwin's Pious, uh, what is it? Idea. Idea. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's written some very uh, well-known books on evo- looking at evolution from a theological perspective. Mm-hmm. And his uh, talk, I'm not 
he hasn't yet revealed exactly what is in it, but uh, it's going to. Its title is uh, Homo Ex Machina and mm-hmm. Imago Dei, the Nightmare mm. Dream. So it's it's going to be. I think about what makes us distinctive as opposed to animals or machines. You know what what mm-hmm. is uh, makes humans uh, com- radically different from mm-hmm. either. Um, so that is, uh, that is a suggested yeah. title that gives him a lot of latitude to uh, to talk about what he what he ends up feeling like he has uh, stuff he wants <laughs> to talk about. Well, he has a lot to say, and I think he's probably uh, trying to select which thing would be most ex- interesting for this audience in this context. Yeah. But uh, he's uh, yeah. yeah. So his his book was very acclaimed book on uh, on mm-hmm. evolution from a from mm-hmm. he's a he's a Christian, but he's he's not a Catholic. Um, yeah. Then we have we have talks on. Um, uh, neuroscience and neurobiology. So, um, uh, one of our speakers, uh, Sansolis de la Cal, is a is a uh, uh, neuroscientist from Ohio mm-hmm. University. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a head of uh, some research institute out there, mm-hmm. um, and she's talking about the neurobiology of emotions and the evidence of human interconnectedness. So, what in, at the neurological level, at the, at the at the level of the brain and and and, and our neurological uh, structure, uh, you know, is there uh, what makes us distinctive, and also uh, how did some of our uh, how did some of our um, uh, mental faculties, you know, how how, how do they relate to mm-hmm. the rest of the living world? There's another talk um, uh, on a similar uh, subject. Um, uh, there's another speaker on, on, on a similar theme. Now, now there's another, uh, our, our St. Albert Award yeah. Uh, yeah. is being given to Maureen Kondik of the University of Utah. Mm-hmm. She's, um, uh, it works in embryology and uh, things of that okay. sort. And, and she's, we're giving her an award uh, because she was one of the brave voices out there uh, back in the day when there was, it was hotly, hotly, debated mm-hmm. uh embryonic stem cell research was hotly debated yeah. and she was one of the uh, uh few scientists who had the courage uh to come out and uh argue for the full humanity of of uh, embryonic human life and mm-hmm. uh for the moral ethical arguments against uh, destroying it um yeah. Uh, so, so uh, she's going to give a talk. Again, this gets to another aspect of, of what it is to be human. Uh, when does human, an individual human life begin? Um, what defines a human organism? Uh, her talk is entitled "Human Beings Are Defined by Organization." So, it's a he's going to be relating uh, the philosophy and theology to the to the uh, hard science of of embryology and. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, so we're we're getting not only to how the human species uh, arose, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but how an individual human being, how that, what are the what are the boundaries, what are the boundaries of human life at its begin at the beginnings of our species? What are the boundaries at the beginning of an individual human life? At, uh, and what are the boundaries when it comes to you know changing hum, hum, uh, what uh, human beings through genetic engineering and so on? So it's it's about the, the limits and the nature of, of a human being, mm-hmm. uh, and we have a very uh, fun. Um, uh, yes, <laughs> the banquet. As the our, banquet our, our, bank, our, our banquet address. Now, since this is a more humanistic subject, um, yes. uh, we have a literary person speaking. So 
In fact, uh, a very well-known and highly uh, awarded uh, science fiction writer named Michael mm-hmm. Flynn, Michael oh. Francis Flynn, um, and he uh, wrote a book. He's written, well, he's he's got won many awards like the Robert A. Heinlein Medal and, and many mm-hmm. other awards. A uh, very well-known science fiction author, mm-hmm. and he wrote a book called Eiffelheim, which is uh, I have not read it yet, but my wife has. It's it's a it's a, it's about uh, extraterrestrial it's about uh, aliens who crash land in i think it's 14th century uh germany uh, germany it may be 15th century, 14th century germany yeah. and of course the, the villagers are all catholic and, and one of the main characters in the story is a priest and there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, interesting theological and philosophical and scientific uh, uh uh many such issues discussed in the book so it's, it's a very it's a very um um appropriate for this conference um and he he's going to be giving a his book his, this book i mentioned is called eiffelheim and his mm-hmm. after dinner talk is called discovering eiffelheim and mm-hmm. it's it should be very fun i actually read an article he wrote with the same title and it's really fascinating uh and uh okay we're going to have a, a book signing afterwards where uh, people well, there you go sign yes copies. so anyway so do we have a we have a lot of we have. Um, I haven't got through everybody, but uh, we have theologians and philosophers and uh, biologists and all sorts of uh, scientists speaking, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, and and even an, even a sci-fi sci-fic uh, author. So uh, yes, it should be yes. a lot of fun. <laughs> Something for everyone. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, have you? And of course, I have to ask as a as a uh, attendee. Have we have we nailed down where the conference mass is? Are we going to actually? Well, of course, we're not going to be in the basilica. They'll have they'll have regular mass. The yeah, basilica. the basilica. But, unfortunately, the mass is not at the right time to fit in our schedule. So, um, yeah. we well, it's between it's between one of two uh, uh, dorm chapels, and mm-hmm. um, it's, I'm not sure, still not sure which one it is. Um, mm-hmm. But the, which is, you know, this is the kind of thing that drives organizers crazy. Is yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but but uh, we we have a chapel nailed down. We're just not sure which of the two. two it right. Is. Uh, <laughs> we're sure we're going to get a chapel. We're just not sure which one. Yeah. Which and and, which, and at, the, at the at the conference mass, the one on Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. June ninth, uh, um, the celebrant is going to be uh, Father Joachim Osterman. He's a had a very oh, yeah. distinguished uh, biomedical uh, research career, uh, and then he became a Franciscan friar. He left. Uh, but he he um, so he actually submitted a, an a, 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 an abstract for a talk, and instead of having mm-hmm. him give it as a talk at the conference, he's going to give a shorter version, fifteen mm-hmm. twenty minute version. It was very appropriate for a homily. Actually, it, it was very theological. Mm-hmm. So he's going to actually give a uh, a very interesting uh, homily on on mm-hmm. uh, relation of science and faith. Um, yeah. So we. Yeah. We we have everything, we have all bases covered here. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and uh, one thing that strikes me is that these uh, these topics are in no way exclusively in the intellectual realm, but have really uh, clearly relevant implications for policy questions that are at the center of um, uh, civic debate. Um, now, in, now in that the world is true. Today, right? That's true, but we, as an organization, now, now, for example, we have talks about tissue engineering, we have talks about uh, genetic engineering, CRISPR, um, 
talks about the beginnings of human life and so on, which clearly have implications, uh, social and so on, political. But one thing that's sort of a, I hear probably an emergency vehicle, but one of the things that we as an organization are very committed to is staying out of public policy questions. It's actually in our bylaws that we, we do not take positions on or issue statements on public policy questions Mm. Um, and so, yeah. we, we, uh, because I think it's dangerous for Catholic organizations of, of our sort. I mean, there yeah. are some, that, but, but for this kind of sort of uh, more uh, more intellectual organization, yeah. to yeah. to it might get sucked into into politics, which can be very divisive, yes. and yeah. and, um, yeah. and so we yeah. don't we we want to stay uh, very clear of any of that. But of yeah. course, we're giving our award to. Uh, Maureen Kondik, who now it's interesting when she was she testified before Congress many times, or a number of times anyway, uh, yeah. many articles. Her articles, I would say, she stayed away from the politics of the issue, though mm-hmm. it was in the midst of a huge political debate. Her talks and her articles and testimony concerned were about eighty percent science, just the science. Yeah. And about 20% just sort of ethical, not even from a theological point of view, but just from a sort of bioethical considerations. So nothing to do with policy issues or law, what law should be passed and so on and so forth. So, um, so even there, uh, you know, we, we, we want to stick to, to the, 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 the relation between science and faith rather than say political issues and faith. You know, it's really science faith. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean there's it, it's it's important for an institution to have focus and to you know, do what it's doing in order to advance that focus. It's just right. it's just one of the truths of human uh, organization. Right. And 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 be very careful so, you know, people when they a lot of people are hesitant to join organizations because there's a lot of paranoia nowadays things are very uh, so you know i've had people that i've invited you know when i start when i was inviting a lot of people to join mm-hmm. and we were new and we were new at that point um they want to know what am, what am i getting into you know i mean uh, who are these who are these people do they have some mm-hmm. ulterior motives or some hidden agenda and so right. um there's less of that now because they can go to our website and see the, on our website are, are the talks from previous conferences and they can see the yeah. nature of what we're doing and uh, there's a lot more context now yeah yeah and so they they know that well we're not that we're real scientists you know there's nothing flaky about the science uh, in fact every once in a while someone applies to join who is a bit of a flake i mean you know there are yeah. on the fringes of science as on the fringes of anything else there are people yes. who are a little yes a little yes. flaky a little and uh, we try to avoid is politely as we can (laughs) (laughs) to say you don't really belong here. Uh, Same theologically. We're not pushing any envelopes in the sense of uh, uh, we're not trying to, uh, you know, skate close to the edge of uh, orthodoxy or anything. So we're we're, we're solid. We try to be solid uh, theologically, scientifically. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, there are certainly people there within the Catholic fold who are just as sort of uh, biblically literal as uh, as there are um, as there are. Of course, they're far more numerous on the Protestant side of the divide. But 
Right, uh, and that has people. been an issue. There have been a couple of people. I mean, you know, we, as it also says in our bylaws, we do not take positions on scientific issues that are debated among experts, you know. Um, yeah. Where there, where there, you know, nor do we, you know, there are different, within Catholic orthodoxy, there's a very wide spectrum of views on many theological issues, you know, on... Right. Uh, Right. On, on, you know, Molinism versus, you know, Thomism versus these different uh, theological schools and traditions. You know, we're, we're, we don't, we're not grinding any axes there. Um, yeah. But if something's really on the edge, you know, um, as you say, younger, a young Earth creationist, yeah. we're probably not going to ac- ac- accept them as a member because right. uh, there's something, and there's something probably wrong. Probably definitely not going to give them a, a slot at uh, speaking at the conference. Oh, exactly. But but even so, that if, if you think the world's uh, 10,000 years old, then your science is screwed up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so, yeah the argument you know, that God has, has laid it out, you know, just so as to fool us and, and put these uh, radioisotopes in there in just such proportions as to test our faith or something like that. Right. You know, it's, it's uh, actually um, one of the things we're very lucky is not lucky, but, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate <laughs> as Catholics that we don't have to worry about those issues. I mean, um, I have hardly, I don't know if I've ever met an actual research scientist, uh, you know, a professional Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, doing basic research in any branch of science, uh, who is a young Earth creationist, a uh, Catholic, that is, who is a young yeah. Earth creationist. I mean, it sort of goes without saying. We don't, you know, it just our member, you know, it's just mm-hmm. sort of taken for granted, you know, the, the uh, evolution yeah. that the universe is, you know. Uh, yeah. But the Earth is 4.6 billion years old. The universe yeah, is, right. what is it, 16, 17. Just, uh, we don't have to argue about this kind of stuff, you know, or uh, yeah. it's not debated. It's just uh, uh, taken for... Now, not all Christians are in that situation. Uh, right, right. Our, our evangelical friends, and we have many evangelical friends, they're, they're in a little more tricky situation because they're very divided on some of those issues. And, yes, yeah. And, and we... Yeah. We we don't have we don't you know we don't have to it's it's just not yeah. it's a non-issue for us so that that's one reason that um, I think the Catholic Scientist Organization uh, yeah we're well positioned because there's nothing in our faith there's not there's no there's no doctrines of the Catholic faith there's no uh, teachings of the magisterium uh, that conflict with scientific facts and and, yeah. and, and theories so uh, yeah. there, there really is a harmony. <laughs> not right. just, uh, you know, there really is a harmony between you know, the yeah. Catholic faith and modern science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's, I think that's that's really an important point to underline is that, you know, that is that isn't an issue, and that's a, I think that's a straw dog that's out there because you know because of the the tendency of the new atheists to just try to conflate or people people of that ilk. Oh yeah, well you're just the same as these young Earth creationists, and you're just the same as, you know, pick your favorite uh, terrorist motivated by some sort of religious consideration. Um, well, yeah, that, you're all the that, same. That's right. That's actually that that's something that struck me some years ago. That also, that one of the problems that many atheists make is that to them they just lump all anything religious in in one big pot you know all religion right. to them is the same and so somebody doing a rain dance or uh you know do, sticking right. pins in a voodoo doll that's right. that's religion and or you know 
anything, you know, human mm-hmm. sacrifice. I mean, to them, religion, it's all, it's all of a piece, whereas there really is a difference just like there's bad science and good science, you know, there's... Uh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, the Catholic faith is not to be lumped in with some of these other uh, phenomena. No. And uh, so we're not defending religion in general. We're defending, we are standing for the harmony between modern science and the Catholic faith. Right, yes, because, and and yeah, and and, and whatever doctrine, however however much it may be mocked in wider society at this point, it's not as if it hasn't been argued and debated in enormous quantity and at the highest caliber by some of the greatest minds of humanity. That's just, that's the situation on on the Catholic side right. of the ledger, exactly. And uh, we have a glorious history. That uh, that we have a glo- uh, the Catholic Church has a glorious history. We talked about that in an earlier podcast. A, a glorious yeah. history in science. It's a shame that that the one name that most comes to everybody's lips. In fact, I know this because I have asked, have asked audiences in the past, yes. Catholic audiences. Yeah. What, what name do you think of with the Catholic Church and science? And it's the only name that comes to mind is Galileo. And then you of say, of course. Well, and I show pictures. One of the standard things I do at the beginning of my top public lectures, I give, show a picture of Georges Lemaitre, the uh, yeah. founder of the Big Bang Theory, who's a priest. Yes. And I show a picture of him talking to Einstein. And this man yeah. in a Roman collar, clearly yeah. a priest, I say, who, how many people know who that man is? And maybe 5% of the people raise their hands, or maybe fewer. And yeah. I say, well, you know, he is a Catholic priest, and he founded the Big Bang Theory. You know, but, right. So I won't be satisfied until people know the whole story really amazing. Uh, one of the things we're going to be putting up on our website, in, hopefully this summer, mm-hmm. is I had a project, uh, some of us had a little project where we wrote biographies, mini, mini biographies, you know, a couple hundred word biographies, of 74 important scientists uh, from the Middle Ages up through the 20th century who mm-hmm. were devout Catholics. It's quite yeah. a remarkable list. It's, it's, it's 74 of them include Nobel Prize winners, you know, very mm-hmm. big name people, um, founders of whole branches of science and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be on our website. I think it'll be one of our purposes is not just fellowship amongst Catholic scientists, but to be a resource for the general public. And I'm hoping that many high school teachers will go to our website and, and yeah. use that as a resource in their classrooms. Uh, you know, so um, there are many, many things we want to do going forward. Um, besides having a con- uh, conference, uh, and that's one of the things that's coming up soon, uh, mm-hmm. is it, it, sort of more to be a, a, um, uh, a, a resource. We might have a, a speaker's bureau is another thing we're thinking of. So many, many things we want to do going forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so many things to do, so little time and uh, human power to do it with. But. Exactly. <laughs> the, the fields are ripening for the harvest, but uh, we need right. more people to ask come the, and, uh, Ask the harvest, the harvest master to send out laborers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, so many, so many, that, and that's that. That by itself, in the last ten minutes here, has probably been the. Uh, I, I I can see the seeds for like several several more conversations in different directions about uh, all these different things. The, one one of which being the modern sort of academic industrial complex and the, you know, the tenure treadmill and the, the whole, yeah, the whole philosophy of, right. of working, working young scientists so that they can't, so that they can't do things like this, so that they can't focus on anything beyond their narrow specialty. Uh, well, I can because I'm, I'm actually about to retire from my, from my active professoring yes. uh, to devote full time to this. And so uh, that, that 
you know, so that's one yeah. way of doing it. <laughs> yes, but yeah, yeah, the, those... Also, there the, are some Catholic scientists at Catholic institutions who, uh, at Catholic colleges, who can spend a lot of time on this and, and have it considered part of their academic workload. And so uh, yeah. you know, there are ways to combine the science yeah. with the, with the yeah. faith. Uh, uh, those are good things, yeah, service yeah. to service right. to society. Well, thank you for another fascinating conversation. Uh, we're really looking forward to the conference, and, and thanks for being on to discuss it with us. And thank you for having me back on again, and I look forward to seeing you at the conference. The music for our podcast is excerpts from Mars and Venus from Gustav Holst's suite, The Planets. The recording is by the U.S. Air Force Heritage of America Band and is available in the public domain at museopen.org. If you enjoyed this episode, or it made you think, Please subscribe to That's So Second Millennium via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or your podcast service of choice.